We finished last week. We finished Chelek Yud. Now we're going back to Yud Aleph for a few more weeks till we get to Yud Shvat. Before I begin today's Shir, I would like to point out that this Sunday, Sunday and Monday, going into Tuesday of Parsha Shmois Yud Tes through Chav Tevis, the Project Lakutisichis is holding a fundraiser, a charity campaign for the benefit of the uh, project to be able to grow and continue. And uh, we're asking everyone to be mishtatif, to support, so that we could be able to do what we have to do. As a matter of fact, there's even a page with our name on it. So the website is kibush.com, K-I-B-B-U-S-H.com. And you can go to kibush.com slash gorari, and uh, you could contribute to uh, our uh, our team page. David says, well, health that we should be able to continue to learn together and give the Rebbe lots of nachas, and so that we could hear Teira Chadasha from the Rebbe himself. So, Parshas, the Sicha of Parshas Shmois is a very fundamental Sicha on the idea of B'chira, what it means to choose something, and the idea that when Mashiach comes, no Jew will be left behind. That every single Yid is going out of Golis. And this is how we get there. Ois Aleph. Allah posik vayemer alekim al Moshe e'ye asher e'ye. David says to Moshe, I will be what I will be. I mean, there's very many ways to touch this posik, but in a simple way, e'ye asher, I'll be whatever I'll be. Yisabh Medrash, Medrash says, from Eyyashreya is mashma that it's not automatic that the Eibishter is going to be the Eibishter. It's Eyyashreya. Though, wherever I'll be, I'll be. Or to whomever I'll be. So the Medrash says, Amr Rabbi Yechanan, Eyyashreya b'yechidim. This idea of Eyyashreya applies to individuals. Aval b'merubim, meaning to say that individuals could sort of choose if the Eibishter will be the Eibishter or not, as we'll see in the next paragraph. But in the masses, when you're talking about the collective Jewish people, against their will and against what they think is good for them, even if they break their teeth to fight it, I will be the king upon them. I will rule over them. Even if it takes a yad chazaka, I will be the king over them. Pirshah, Mepharshim, Divideh, Medrash, so the Mepharshim explain what the Medrash is saying. When he says, that the understanding from the Pasuk, that I will be the Eibishter, is not automatic and in any case, but it's only to certain uh, situations, Asher wherever it will be. I will be a neighbor to those who I will actually be a neighbor therefore. Those who choose it and desire it. Implying that if Ayid does not want the neighbor there, he has the ability to shed the yoke of the neighbor So this whole idea. That the person can choose if he wants to be the if he wants the Abishter to be his Abishter, this only applies to individuals. And an individual person could Rahman of Islam choose that he doesn't want the Abishter. But if it's the Rabbim, if it's everyone together, I will not allow them to uh, take off, off of themselves the yoke of Shemaim, the yoke of heaven. Even if they think to walk away from me, against their will, I will rule over them. And where do we see the practical application of this? Even though there were many wicked people amongst the Yidden in Mitzrayim, even though there was many, since the Yidin were Merubim, since the Rishoyim the, the that were by the Yidin were many, there was a whole group of them. Therefore, they couldn't as a group walk away from the Yebishter, and the Yebishter takes them out of Gauls. 
What's the understanding in this? In other words, let's understand this a little bit deeper. The Pasuk, which is from the Navi Yecheskel, is said in the future tense. I will be the king over them. Which implies that he's talking about what happens after Yecheskel, which are the Geulois that came after Yecheskel, including the Geulah Asida, but seemingly excluding Geulah Mitzrayim, which came before Yecheskel. Because that, nevertheless, it still hints also to the Gula of Mitzrayim. Which also the Gula of Mitzrayim was in this manner that it was with a strong hand, meaning to say against their will. So we so also Gula of Mitzrayim was. A, in a certain sense, against the will of the Yidden, that even though they were a shoyim, nevertheless, they took them out of Mitzrayim. Ulam. However, this idea that the Abister used his strong hand to force the Yidden out of Galus, this only forced the masses, the collective Klal Yisrael, out of Mitzrayim. But it wasn't strong enough to affect the individuals. says explicitly that those Rishoyim that did not want to go out of Mitzrayim, they died in the three days of darkness during Makas Choshech, so the Mitzrayim shouldn't see that Yidden were dying. But they died and they were not able to go out of Mitzrayim. So, it doesn't say this 100% clearly here, but from what I understand, is those Yidin that were Rishoyim, which means that they threw off of themselves the oil of the Eibishter, the Eibishter forced them, so to speak, and took them out of Mitzrayim. Those Yidin that did not want to go out of Mitzrayim, on that level, since they were Yechidim, they didn't want to go out of Mitzrayim, they therefore did not uh, uh, didn't take a out of its time. They just didn't take them out, and they remained in its time, and they died in the shleisha semiyafila. Okay, vehine. So, what we've learned so far is that when it came to Golas Mitzrayim, the 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 merubim, the masses, the the the, the group, were all taken out of Mitzrayim. Because even though they may not have wanted to do so, the Abishter continues to be Melech and the Yidin Biyad Chazaka, even against their will. But Yechidim do have a choice to opt out. And those who opted out of going out of Mitzrayim were, uh, were not forced to go out of Mitzrayim. So what happens in this Medrash is that even though the Pasuk that's being used as a Raya is said with regards to the Gula Asida, nevertheless we're learning Gulas Mitzrayim from Gula Asida. We're learning the Yidin going out of Mitzrayim from the Gula Asida, that just like with the Gula Asida. Everyone, the Merubim go out, so too by Gulas Mitzrayim also, the Merubim went out. I would think, for his glance, I would think that we could learn the same thing the other, in the other direction. To learn from Gulas Mitzrayim to the Gulas Asida. Yes, Lilmid, I would think that I could learn Binyan Akosuv, Megulas Mitzrayim, Al Gula Asida, that which it said, Bagos Mitzrayim, also with regards to the Gula Asida, just like I'm learning from the Gula Asida to Gulas Mitzrayim, that the Merubim were forced out, so to speak. Let's learn in the other direction from Gulas Mitzrayim to Gula Asida. That the Yad Chazaka, the fact that the Abish is going to force the Yidin out of Golos by Gola Asida, let's say that just like the Golos Mitzrayim, it only affected the Merubim, the masses, it didn't affect the individuals. So let's say the same thing applies to Gola Asida, that the Abish will take the Yidin out of Golos, but the Yechidim who choose not to go out, will not have to go out. They say Meris. This would imply, the promise of the Torah, 
you will return to the Abishter. And then the Abishter will return everyone out of Galus. Which we learn from this Pasik that in the end, the Eden will do tshuva. And then they will immediately be taken out of Galus. So let's say that that it said with regards to the collective Jewish people, but not with regards to the that the Yachid insists on not doing tshuva, that he's not going to go out of Galus by the Gul Asida. Chas v'shalom. So I, I, I would think that just like I'm learning from the Gul Asida to the Gulus Mitzrayim, I can learn back from Gulus Mitzrayim to Gul Asida. So now he's going to bring various different Raiyas that this is not true. And when it comes to the Gula Asida, every single Yid, even the Yechidim, even those who choose Kivayachal, not to go out of Golos, will go out of Golos. And he brings a few Raiyas. Avu Vavasi, Evshulafarash came, we can't say this. As Rashi says clearly on the Pasik Vishava Shemalakha that the Abish is gonna return the Yidin out of Gods. The Rashi says that it means every single individual. He's gonna grab with his hands each individual to look to going to collect one by one of the Yidin, take them out of Golos. The the fact that Abish is going to return the Yidin out of from Godless to Mithar Israel is coming as a outcome of the of the cause of the Gaula, which is Vishafta Dashamalakha that Abish the Yidin are gonna do Truva. She say if you start last is Truva, save Kulus and the Yidin in the end they're gonna all do Truva. At the end of Golos. So Vimela, if Vishava Shemalekecha is to each and every yid individually, and Vishava Shemalekecha is an outcome of Vishafta Dashemalekecha of the Yidin's Chuva, and Vishagamba Zaukalecha Dacha Defrat means that also when it comes to the Chuva, the, the also every yid is going to do Chuva. So when he says, say if you start, last is Chuva, Miyade Negolin, this applies to every single yid, that in the end, every single yid is going to do Chuva and is going to be taken out of Golos. And this is what the Alter Rebbe writes in Ilkhas Talmud that every single yid, Bivadai, for certain, Seifi Lassi's tshuva is going to ultimately do tshuva. Kili yidichem and anidichem. The pasuk says that nobody will be pushed away from the Abishta forever. So there's going to come a point in time where every single yid is going to do tshuva. Va'al pizeh nichlalu b'zagam kol arishayim. Obviously, this includes also the rishayim. Af elus shel yisulas is me'agolus. Even those who don't want to go out of galus, shagam eisam yiri da kazbaruchu b'tshuva. They too will be awakened to do tshuva. Yigal eisam me'agolus and the Abishta will take them out of galus. Because as the Pasuk says very clearly, And that day the Shefer is going to sound, be sounded, Those who, have, who are lost in the land of Assyria, Those who have been pushed away into the land of Mitzrayim, And they will all come together, They will all come, And they're going to bow down to the Abishter. And the holy mountain Yerushalayim. What is this passage telling us? Even those that are so deeply immersed in their gulfs. They became lost and pushed away. And they have no desire to go out of Golos. They too will be awakened to do tshuva. To the point that they will come and they will bow down to the Abishar on the mountain of, on the holy mountain in Yerushalayim. The fact that the other Yudim will come is, is, is obvious. This passage is telling us that even the Yavdim and even the Nidachim, Yavdim with an Aleph, those who are lost, and even the Nidachim are going to come back. Implying that even the Rishoyim and even those who don't want to go out of Galus, they too are going to go out of Galus. And he brings one more Raya. This is from the very famous, I don't know, very famous, but this is from the Rebbe's Pshat in the Haggadah. As was said numerous times, to explain what Chazal tells us. And the answer to the question of the Ben Rosha, the wicked son. In the Haggadah, where we say to him at the end of the, of the paragraph, that if he had been there in Mitzrayim, he would not have been redeemed. This is the uh, classic question. Why 
what is the necessity and what is the purpose of telling the Rasha something that is not connected to the Seder. The whole Seder is, is about the Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. And if he's telling him, Eloi Hashem then what does that have to do with now? What does that have to do with the Seder? And the explanation is, The purpose here is not to push away the, 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 the wicked son from the Seder and let him know that the Gula, that the redemption is beyond him. Quite the contrary. In the answer to him, we are emphasizing. There in Mitzrayim, he would not have been redeemed. When it comes to the Gula Asida with Mashiach, since it's after Matan Teira, and we're going to address a little bit later in the Sicha what happened by Matan Teira, but since it's after Matan Teira, even he, even the Ben Rasha, even the wicked son, will go out of Golas, will be redeemed. So the purpose of telling this to him is to awaken him, is to inspire him to the incredible accomplishment of Matan That from the point when the Abishter said, I am the Abishter, in the single tense, to the individual, becomes the life force and the potency of every single yid individually. Every yid, even a rasha like him, is guaranteed because he has this keach of godliness within him, he ultimately will go out of God's. So we see from these uh, uh, few proofs, Number one, where Rashi says to look to Lachadachab Bnei Yisrael, and from the Alter Rebbe says, "Bevade Seif Elas is Truvim Yael Kileidach Menu Nidach," and the pasuk that says, "Avo Evdim Beretz Asher Nidacham Beretz Mitzrayim," and from the Loshen in the Hagod, the Eloi Yosham Lo Yinigal the Dafke Shom Mitzrayim, he wouldn't have been nigal. But after Matan Teira, now that we are after Matan Teira, he will go out of Golos. because the Abishter is his Abishter has become one with who he is. So we see from here. That the Yid, every single Yid, regardless of what he wants or doesn't want, regardless of what his state is in his level of righteousness, every single Yid is going to go out of Golos by the Gula Asida. The question that we're going to have now in his Gimel is, number one, why Mitzrayim did it not work? Uh, meaning to say, why Mitzrayim were some left behind? And why by the Gula Asida uh, is, it, is every Yid going to go out? What's the difference? We have to understand, I'll lift two questions. Question number one. The reason why the Abishter took the Yidin out of Galus is because, as the Parsha says, the Yidin are my firstborn son. We are the Abishter's child. And I tell you, Shalach has Bni sent away, sent out my son so he could serve me in the Midbar. I knew because of this bond between our father, the Abishter, and the children, and the Yidin, who are the Abishter's children. It's understood that every single Yidin who was in Mitzrayim, even those on the low, even those on the lowest of levels, Yisrael is still included in the Abishter's child. The, the bond of a, of a parent and a child is natural and is inherent. And it can't be changed. As Chazal tell us, whether you are deserving of it, whether Yidin are doing mitzvahs or, or, or not, you're called children. You are the children of the Abishter. Regardless of your conduct, you remain to be the child of the Abishter. And therefore, the Abishter cannot exchange us for another people. Because you can't exchange a child. The child has your DNA inside of him or her. And therefore, the, even if the child doesn't conduct themselves the way you would expect them to or want them to, they remain to be your child. And therefore, we are the Abishra's child. And even if our conduct is unbecoming, it doesn't change the fact that we're the Abishra's child. And therefore, the Abishra can't exchange us. He can't give us away and, and, and acquire a new child. 
And therefore, if the whole reason that we didn't go out of Golas is because we're the Abister's child, and the Abister's child is not uh, something that's transferable, in that case, why Taki did some Yidin remain behind? How, if they're the Abister's child, why were they not redeemed from Mitzrayim? Base, question two. The Golas Mitzrayim are Yukama Sugim the Golas Mitzrayim at various different categories or levels of Rishoyim, of wicked people. They were even idol worshippers amongst the Yidden that were in Mitzrayim. But the Gemara says, So much so that when they went out of Mitzrayim, according to this Rashi in Sanhedrin, the Yidden actually took a Getschke with them. They took an idol with them, the Pesel Micha. Nevertheless, even the idol worshippers amongst the Yidden merited to go out of Mitzrayim. In that case, why, though, why is it that those who chose to not go out of Mitzrayim were not redeemed? In other words, seemingly their sin is much, is much less. To serve a Vedizar is, is, is the worst thing to do. To, 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 you could be a, a Heilig Yid. And not serve the Zara, but then you say, I don't want to go out of Mitzrayim, and you're talking, and you're talking stuck. Why is that considered the worst possible thing? That because of that, those people didn't go out of Mitzrayim, even worse than those who did terrible, other terrible things. In other words, we have to understand what is this concept of Yidin not going out of Gulus Mitzrayim. In other words, in question Aleph, why, for David's child, how, how did he leave us behind? And in question Bayes, what is so terrible about not wanting to go out of Mitzrayim that that is the cause for a Yid to be left behind in Mitzrayim? And in Ayes Dalid, he's going to address this Nakuda. What happens when a Yid says, I don't want to go out of Mitzrayim? What does it do to the relationship between a Yid and the Abishter? So this will be understood by first explaining the idea of the kapara of Yom Kippur. In other words, Yom Kippur atones, it forgives for the sins that we've done during the year. So that's Rabbi. Rabbi's opinion in the Gemara and Yuma. He shall call any Aveda that a person did during the year, whether he did Tshuva on the Aveda, or whether he did not do Tshuva on the Aveda, Yom Kippur, the very day of Yom Kippur, atones and forgives for those sins. Amnam, Meide Rabbi, in the Gemara in Shavuos, where this discussion comes up, Rabbi admits, agrees, but Kardis the Yema. Kardis the Yema means someone who breaks the day of Yom Kippur. Someone who transgresses one of the sins, one of the Avedis that are connected to Yom Kippur. Like Chassam Sholem, he ate on Yom Kippur. So Rabbi agrees, that if he's over on the prohibition of, of Inui, of, of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, of not doing, you know, literally means torturing yourself or giving, causing yourself pain by not eating, by not drinking, by, uh, by wearing shoes or by uh, uh, um, bathing or anointing. Or a person who does malacha on Yom Kippur on the day itself. In other words, if a person does an Aveda during the year, it could be the worst Aveda. And it could be that the guy didn't do tshuva. Nevertheless, comes Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Machapar, according to Rabbi. But when it comes to an Aveda, an Isr, that he, was, that, that he went against Yom Kippur itself, Rabbi agrees, that Yom Kippur cannot forgive him. And this raises this very similar question. Since Yom Kippur has the power to forgive on any Aveda, even the, even the worst Aveda. Even very stringent, severe Avedas. What, what is it about Kardas Yemen? What is it about these uh, 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 few the Yom Kippur cannot be mechaper. So the the Rabbi Yosef Rosen, Rosen, the Rosen, the uh, Goin explains this to answer this question. He explains as follows: Since the Chet is related to Yom Kippur itself. 
Yom Kippur becomes the cause for the sin. Because if he ate yesterday or if he eats tomorrow, it wouldn't be a sin. Because he's eating today, it became a sin. So what caused it to be a sin? The fact that it's Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur becomes the cause for this to be an Aveda. You can't have the same thing, the same concept, both cause the sin and forgive for the sin. Like the expression goes, the prosecutor cannot become the defender. Yom Kippur in this case is the prosecutor because Yom Kippur is the one that caused him to, make, caused him to sin. I mean, he didn't cause him to eat, but he ate. Eating itself is not a bad thing. On Yom Kippur, it's a bad thing. So Yom Kippur is, the, is what made it into a sin. So being that Yom Kippur is the kateger is what, what makes it into a sin and therefore is the prosecution in this case, it cannot at the very same time be the defense. It cannot be mechaper while it's being goyim. That's in the lashon of nigla. Nigla the teir. The hazbe besigin teres achzedes, and to explain this, but using the lexicon, using the language of chzedes. Anim kipper. It is revealed in every Yid the core bond of the Neshama, of the soul with the Yebishter. On this level, the level of Etzama Neshama, the, of the bond of the Neshama, the core bond of the Neshama with the Yebishter, sin is not Teifes Makim. It doesn't, it, it's not important. It doesn't, it, it does, it, it's not, doesn't register. In other words, on a lower level, a chet is a chet. When you talk about the core relationship of Yid and Debishter, it's higher than acknowledging the chet. So therefore, a person did chatoim, did the person sin during the year. On Yom Kippur, we say, one second, let's not look at the, 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 the individual uh, actions of the person. Let's look at the fact that this Yid is related, to, is connected in a iskashrus with the Debishter. On that level, the chatoim are not are not acknowledged, are not recognized. But if a person went against Yom Kippur, the whole revelation of this bond came from Yom Kippur. If you're fighting that, if you're transgressing Yom Kippur itself, which means you're, you're uh, 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 going against this very revelation of your bond with the Abishter, at this point, this bond can't help you. It can't bring you to atone for the sin because, because you need the iskashas. You need the, this, this bond in a revealed way. If you're concealing this bond by fighting with Yom Kippur, so to speak, then the bond becomes concealed again and it can't help you to be mechaper on the chetvah. So that's the, that's the idea of Yom Kippur. This is being, being brought in as a metaphor or as a parallel to the, to, to, to the, to the Gulos Mitzrayim. That by Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, once we're Megala, the relationship of a Yid and the Eibishter, it's the most powerful thing in the world. And therefore it, it, it could be Mechapar on any sin. It could, it could forgive for any sin. The only thing it can do is it can't defend itself if you're trying to actively deactivate this iskashas or the gilu of this iskashas. You can't deactivate the iskashas because it's there. But in, in, it needs to come out in a revealed way, which Yom Kippur can do, unless you tell Yom Kippur, don't do it. Keep this iskashas away. And how do you do that? By fighting the day of Yom Kippur, by transgressing the day of Yom Kippur. And if that's what happens, then that, that his kashrus, the gilu of that iskashrus becomes concealed and, the, and, 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 and nothing can happen. Let's take the same, and let's take this idea and apply it now to Gulus Mitzrayim. The awakening and the revelation from above. To take the Yidnar of Mitzrayim, came because 
the, rev- the bond of a Yidin with the Abishter, our father with the children, was revealed. Since it's an inherent core level bond that cannot be changed, therefore it affected even the Rishoyim, even the wicked people. Because regardless of how they conduct themselves, they're still my children. And once you reveal and activate, so to speak, this, this bond, then everyone goes out. The exception was the Rishoyim that refused to go out of Mitzrayim. They chose that they want to be a servant to a servant. Which is the exact opposite of being a servant of Hashem. And certainly this is opposite of being David's child. David's child doesn't, doesn't subjugate himself to, 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 another, to another servant. So if a Yid chose to not go out of Mitzrayim, by doing so, they opposed the revealed bond or, or revealing the bond with the Abishter. This, this revelation was now defunct, was now unable to do its purpose because it was turned off by the Yid. And therefore, it couldn't accomplish in that person the gula, the, the gula from Israel. Knal is the niglading using the, the words that we used previously. Previously, the katega, the prosecution, cannot become the defender. In other words, you, the yid who who is fighting the giluyais kashrus of of his connection with the avister. That's a katega. You need that Giloyah Iskashos to go out of Mitzrayim, to be schlep you out of Mitzrayim. And if you, that Giloyah Iskashos is turned off because the Yid says, I don't want to go out of Mitzrayim, then it doesn't do its job, doesn't do its function. And what happens is that the Yid doesn't go out of Mitzrayim. So our first question, our, our, first, our, our two questions that we asked in this Gimel, if the Yidin are B'ni B'chayri Yisrael, how do they not go out of Mitzrayim? The answer is that this connection of B'ni B'chayri Yisrael has to be in a begilu. And that's what happened when the Yibishter came to the Yidin out of Mitzrayim. He was Megala, this is Kashtos of a Yid of the Yibishter, and took them out of Mitzrayim, regardless of their conduct. Until a Yid came, Echon Litzlan, and said, I'm not B'ni B'chayri Yisrael. I don't want to go out of Mitzrayim. Even though it's not true. But nevertheless, because he was fighting that Giloyah Iskashros, the, that, that revelation of the bond of the Yid with the Abishter, therefore, that, that was not able to fulfill its function anymore. And, and the Yid was, was not taken out of Mitzrayim. Now we're going to ask the question in reverse. In that case, why is the Gulah different? And we know that something changed. We know that by Matan Teda something changed. By Matan Teda, the Abishter said, "Nechay Hashem alakecha kechacha vechayuscha." That the Abishter became the koyach and the chayis, the life force, the energy of every single individual on an individual level, and that certainly cre- creates a stronger bond between the yid and the Abishter. But if a person fights it, how does the how is the gula asida any different than gula spitzdaim? And in order to do this, we're going to explore and uncover a whole new understanding in what, is it, what actually happened in Matan Teda and what does it mean that the Abishter chose us and we chose the Abishter when it came to Matan Teda. That's Eishei. Uh, um, we're going to learn Eishei. And um, it's, 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 it's going to be very special. Avala dying in the movement, it's still not understood. The desire or the will, the choice to not go out of Gallows. 
just like it was it contradicted the bond of the Abishter with his firstborn with Yidin as his son, as his child, when it came to the Gula of Mitzrayim, which was before Matantera, seemingly it is also it also seems to contradict the bond and the oneness that occurs that was added on at Matantera. By Matantera, what was added, that your individual Abishter and your Kayach and your Chayas, your energy and your life force, which would be what would bring about the Gula of the Yidin, just like uh, it's possible for someone to, to contradict the iskashrus, or to oppose, I should say, the iskashrus of the Yid with the Abish there, but Golos Mitzrayim, you can do the same thing now. I can give it by Matan Teira, and a Yid could oppose it, he can say, I'm going According to this rule that we've mentioned before, that the prosecution cannot become the attorney, which means we can't use the very thing that is contradicting or opposing the Geula to actually bring the Geula. And if so, how will it be possible for those who don't want to go out of Golos? To, by the Gula the Chas V'Shalim, to actually go out of Golos, what's going to change? Seemingly, you need this bond to be in operation, to be functioning, and if the Yid opposes the bond, then the bond ceases to function, it's there, but it ceases to function, and how's it going to work? So we're going to explain it to you. And here is the explanation. What happened by Matan Teda, That because of that, even if a Yid chooses to oppose his bond with the Abish there, it still will not affect him enough that he won't be able to go out of Gullus. So we have to, in order to explain this, we have to first understand what happened by Matan Teda. What, what changed by Matan Teda that will that is so powerful that it will have an effect on Every single Yid, even the Yid who doesn't want to go out of Golos by the Gula Asidam. In this Chidush, in the novelty and in the advantage of the bond of the Abishter and the Yidin, which, which was renewed or which was in, in, introduced rather by Matan Teda, something new happened at Matan Teda that didn't exist before. And we find two concepts, two ideas that are both. Uh, uh, related to 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 the, what happened in Matan Teda. Aleph b'shas Matan Teda, b'achar akadus baruch hu b'yisrael. During Matan Teda, the Abister chose the Yidden. We're going to elaborate on this idea. The Abister chose the Yidden. Who could mukhaf gami alacha v'poyel? And this actually has a practical ap- application in alacha. When a person is saying chakras in the morning, in the bracha of avas elam. And he says the words of Vanu Vacharta Mikalam Balashan. He Yiskir Matanteda, he should think about Matanteda, he should remember Matanteda, because Ubanu Bacharta, when did that happen? It happened to Matanteda. The Matanabish Tagilitated to the Yidin that happened to the Bikhira, the Abish to choosing the Yidin base. The second thing that happens in Matanteda is Bina Yisrael Nasu Mishu Bodim Vavodim Lasha. The Yidin became Mishubadim subjugated or 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 in Yiddish, I would say, Ibergegem. They became servants of the Abishter. They gave themselves away to become the Abishter's servants. With regards to the Marzeya, to the fact that if a Yid says he wants to stay an Eved, wants to stay a servant more beyond the six years uh, that are allotted to him, he said, Chazal say, The ear that heard on Har Sinai, the Yidin, the Abish just said that Yidin are my servants. Avodayim, they are my servants. 
Chulu, which means that by Har Sinai is when this Avada aim happened. And like it says with regards to Mantera in our parasha, when you will take the Yidna Mitzrayim, you're going to serve the Lashon Tavdun, you're going to become Avadim to the Abister at this mountain. Which means what happened in Mantera is besides the fact that the Abister was Bacha, chose the Yidin as his Yidin, as his people, the Yidin chose the Abister. Doesn't use the word pechira here, but the Yidden dedicated, committed themselves to be the avodim of the Eibister. And we're going to see soon how these two ideas, the Eibister choosing us and we becoming the Eibisters avodim, are actually interconnected. They're intertwined. So now we have to elaborate a little bit to understand what does it mean that the Abishar chose us and what, what, what was so special about it? I mean, the Yisrael is Kadmala Teira. Even before the Abishar gave, gave the Teira, the Yidin were already uh, uh, in the Abishar's Machshava, the Yidin were already, the whole reason the Abishar uh, created the world was for the Yidin and for Teira. Which means Yidin exist before the, giving, before, the, uh, before the world was created, which means Yidin exist before Matan Teira. So what happened in Matan Teira? What's shot that the Abister was Beicher in the Yidin? Oh. This is really, to be, to be fair and honest, this is a very um, lofty concept. Very, this whole discussion of Pchira is a very deep um, idea in Chassidus and discussed at length in many, in, in many places. And sometimes as much as you'll delve into it, there's, there, there's layers upon layers that you can go deeper. What we're going to try to do here is keep it uh, on the basic level so we could understand the nekuda, the point that's being made here in the Sicha as to what happened at Matan Teira in the to enhance and, and, and create this new bond between the Yid and the Eibishter. This Chiddush, this novelty, this novel concept, and this advantage, this, 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 this greatness, this uniqueness in the bond between a Yid and the Eibishter, because the Eibishter chose the Yidin over the pre-existing bond that the Eibishter has with Yidin, that he, he is their father and we are his children. Yuvan me'inyin ha'bechira Will be understood by understanding the whole concept of choice from the, the human being on this physical earth. We see uh, physically. When a person makes a choice, chooses something. This desire, this will, is more intense than a natural desire that he has to something. In other words, just to explain this in, 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 in a few extra words, a, and he's gonna. A person has seichel, has intellect. A person has feelings, emotions. These things lead him to want and desire certain things. And to a certain degree, the person doesn't get to choose what his nature is. Nature is nature. So therefore, if my nature desires a certain thing, I'm gonna want it. then there are certain things that I want, not because my nature says I want it. There's something deeper, illogical, in the gut, that I want this. I want this, not because it makes sense, not because I like it, not because I want it. I want it on a level that's beyond anything that my nature or my built-in personality might have wanted to choose. So in a certain sense, those things that I chose because it's my nature, that was natural. That was a natural reaction to who I am. And therefore, on the one end, I don't even have a choice to choose it. It's who I am. On the other hand, the intensity of that desire is only going to be as strong as my personality has a desire to that. 
But if I choose something, not because of my personality, I choose something from a place deep, deep inside of me, that's beyond anything, it doesn't even make sense, and it doesn't even has no explanation, it's not connected in any way, shape, or form to who I am or what my natural uh, state of desire is, then first of all, it's a real choice. Because there was no, uh, uh, there was no other uh, 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 circumstance that brought me to make this choice. And at the same time, the, the intensity is infinite. Because it's not based on anything. It's not based on, uh, it's not based other than, uh, than on, the, on the gut, on the core being of the person. So let's see this inside. When a person chooses something, this desire is much more intense than a natural desire to certain things. And the reason is, what is a person's nature? The ramifications of his personality, of his being. And because of this nature, this is how his, his uh, faculties and uh, his abilities, his talents are structured within him based on his nature. A person has a nature, let's say, that he's a modest cheder, he's, he's a reserved individual, that he's going to be more studious and less social because that's his nature. And therefore, if you say, what does he want? He wants to be away from people and he wants to learn. He wants to read. He wants to educate himself. A person who's a social being, ask him what he wants. He wants to be around people. So therefore, when, he, when, when a person chooses, wants something, because that's his nature, then basically, he, he will only, the, the intensity of what he wants is only as intense as his personality is. So whatever, whatever his personality is, that's how much he's going to want this. Not more than that. Because where is the Ratzin coming from? It's coming from his nature. So as strong as the nature is, that's how strong the Ratzin is. But when, when you talk about choice, a person is choosing something. In other words, it's not really a choice if it's my nature. It's just, it's just who I am. It's just how I was created. When you say I'm choosing something, that means it's coming from my essence, from my core. Beyond the ramifications or the limitations or the structure of the individual person's nature. And here is in the brackets, he elaborates on this. True choice is when there's no reasons, no causes leading up to the choice. It doesn't have tendencies or leanings to choose the specific thing. He's choosing it freely. The second a person chooses something because it's his nature, it's not a free choice. It's a choice that is dictated by his personality or nature. When you say that a person chooses, chooses means that there's nothing that is pushing him or coercing him to make this choice. This means that there's no. This means that there's nothing. That the real choice is when it's coming from that. Should have finished these three lines. But when a person chooses something because of his nature, nature also includes tzir, also includes the the expression of his nature, his his intellect and his emotions, his kaiches. So when a person chooses something because of his nature, because of his personality, or because of his uh, uh, makeup, his, the person that he is, his seichel and his midas, then he's almost forced, because this is his nature. So what is p'chira amitis, true choice, is when it's not coming from anywhere other than from the essence. As we see when it comes to actual choice. That a person can make a choice and choose something that naturally he doesn't even want, that naturally he wouldn't make such a choice, because choice is not based on nature. Choice is not, is not based on the natural consequences of who the person is. 
Choice, is, choice comes from the essence. And therefore, this is where we were leading, working our way up to all the way here. And therefore, when a person chooses something because, of, because it's his personality, then he wants it. As, as much as his personality is, that's how much he wants it. Not more than that. But when a person chooses something because it's coming from his bechira, it's becoming from his free choice that's deep, deep in the essence of who he is, because it's coming from the essence of the person. Therefore, it is the most intense type of desire. And therefore, the Bechira is so much more powerful than Ratzin. Or the Ratzin of Bechira is so much more powerful than the Ratzin that it comes, Mitzad the Teva, Mitzad the nature of the person. Now let's use this as a moshal to our relationship with the Eibishter. And think about, think about it like this. We just explained that a, a, that a desire that comes from the person's nature is not nearly as intense as a desire that comes from the essence. Because the desire that comes from the nature is something that he's compelled to do. It's two points. Number one, he's compelled by his nature to, to desire this. And number two, the desire can only go as strong, only be as intense as the nature is. So in that case, if you think about the ava of an avu ben, that is the love between a parent and a child, which usually we often use it to, to, to describe the most intense form of love because it's not changeable, because it's not, because it's, 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 it's impossible to ever give up on it. But on the other hand, the, 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 the ava, the love of a parent and a child is, is natural. It's coerced. You have to love your child because he's your child. It's automatic. And therefore, because it's forced, so to speak, it therefore it lacks a certain intensity that a b'chideh from the etzem that a choice that is not based on, nat on natural causes, a choice that is not based on any external reasons, will be much more intense. The love and the desire that the Abishah has for Yidin Mitzada Yesen Baran Lavakim because they are his children of Vinu and the Abishah is our father. Similar to Kivyachal, obviously, it's the, talking about an Abishah here, so we can only use a muscle of. Of a, of, of, a, of a parent and a child. But the marshal is like a father and a son. Which means to say the bond is based on a specific description, on a specific definition. And that's what happened till Matan That there was an Ava of the Abishah to the Yidden because we are the Abishah's child. But because of that, the Ava was defined by the definition of the, this Avu Ben, of the father, of the fact that it's a parent child relationship. When you're talking about Matan that the Abishah chose the Yidden, the choice comes. From the core essence of the chooser, now which is beyond any definitions or ramifications or descriptions. This desire for the Eden and this bond with the Eden is coming from the etzem of the which is totally beyond any description. And if you remember, we said earlier that the two Nukudas, the Abishter choosing us and we becoming Avadim, are intertwined. So now that we understand that something happened in Matan that didn't exist before, and that is that the bond of the Abishter with Yidin went beyond Avu Ben, beyond the, the bond of father and parent and child, father and son, and went to the bond of Abkhira that came from the etzim of the Abishta, the Atzmatzmusim, who said it's beyond any descriptions. This advantage, this uniqueness, Paul Gam, by Iskastus, when they saw Lakas Barakhusalachrimatantan. Excuse me. This affected the connection of the Eden to the Abishta. 
that the relationship of a yid back to the Abister, the reciprocal relationship, is not is is not just based on who they are naturally, that they are children of the Abister. It should come from a deeper place from their core And this is what happened to the Yidin and That they also should be not just children of the Ebishter, but servants of the Ebishter. In this case, servants is a higher level than, than children. It, uh, the level of uh, the relationship of a parent and a child is one level. Which usually, or, or I shouldn't say usually, sometimes we focus on that, that this is the closest you could be because it's your, it's your child. But Chassidus explains that there's also a relationship of Evet. And in a certain sense, Evet is higher than Ben. The, uh, the relationship of a servant to a master is higher than the relationship of a parent to a child, of a child to a parent or vice versa, because it is chosen. Because the Evet chooses and commits himself to be an event. As it is explained at length, in Hem Shech Tafre Samachvav in the Mamarim of the Rebbe Rashab, in the differentiation and the difference between the level of serving Hashem as a son and serving Hashem as a servant, the son serves Hashem as if it's his nature. Just like it is the nature of the child to yearn, to, to be drawn to his father, with a great love and a, and a full, complete So similarly is the level of neshamas that's called children of the Ebishter. Is their nature, or like their nature. To be drawn to the Ebishter. With a passionate Flaming fire, love, holy of day, and to serve Hashem. But the downside is that this is not something that's coming from their own accomplishments and by their own choice, because they are children, and therefore they therefore they have this automatic, built-in, natural love and desire and passion to serve Hashem. And therefore, he's not called an avid. It's not called Avaida, it's not called serving Hashem because it's, it's coming naturally. But when you're talking about the, the service of a servant, it's not coming from a built-in nature. On the contrary, serving his master is opposite his nature. The servant wants to go free, wants to roam, run away, wants to do his own thing. And nevertheless, he on his own, and with his own uh, powers, his own potential, has bonded himself, connected himself, and given himself away. So much so that he loses his entire existence, his entire entity. And for himself, he's nothing. And his whole existence is the existence of the master. I believe in, in the Hamshach Samachvav, he says that his enjoyments are the enjoyments of the master. When the master is enjoying something, he enjoys what the master is enjoying. Not that he eats it also and enjoys it. The very fact that the master has a tainug, that is his tainug. This is a much greater and more intense um, uh, uh, love and connection than, well, not love. I don't think he uses the word love here. But a much greater connection than, than that of the Ben. Because the Ben, it, 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 it comes naturally. It's not a choice. And if it's not a choice, then it, it, it only goes as far as the nature of it allows. The Ben makes the choice. Where did the Yidin get the Kayach to make such a choice? To become, to give themselves over, to be mishabed themselves, to subjugate themselves, and to 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 uh, shed their entire existence and become the existence of their master, the Abishter. That's because the Abishter chose them by matan That's how those two things are connected to each other. The Abishter was becher. The Abishter chose us, Yidin, in a pchira that's beyond avu ben. 
which is not a because it's, because it's Metav HaNafshem. And because of that, this cause that the Yidin should go beyond this relationship of Avu Ben and serve the Avisar like an Eved, which comes from their own choice and therefore has a much greater intensity. Oh. So now we understand what happened in Matan Teirah. Matan Teirah, the relationship of a Yid and the Avisar, went way beyond what it was until then. Till then it was limited, it was mugbul, because it was mukhrich, because it was coerced, it was automatic. And therefore, whatever it was programmed, that's as far as it can go, but it couldn't go beyond how it was programmed. But when it comes, when it came to Matan Teda, the Abish there went beyond that. And therefore the, 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 the hiskastrus, the bond is infinite. And because of that, this gives the Yidna Kayach to also go to an infinite level of connection and to serve the Yibishter on the level of Evet. Now we're going to go back and understand the difference between Gulas Mitzrayim and the Gula Mitzrayim. And now we'll understand the difference that by Golos, by Golos Mitzrayim, those who did not want to go out of Mitzrayim did not go out of Golos. Since they opposed the revelation of the bond of our Father in Heaven, to the fact that we, the, the bond to us, His children. Which that bond is what caused and accomplish the 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 you'd see the, the going out of Mitzrayim. If you oppose that very bond, then you then you can't expect that bond to work to take you out of Mitzrayim. And how that is different from the Gula Yisrael, which then by the Gula Asida, every single yid will go out of Golos. Even those who don't want to go out of Golos. Even though this too is seemingly in contradiction to the revelation of which is the source of the Gula like we said before with regards to, to, to the Ben Rasha. We tell the because we before Matan But after Matan therefore even the Rasha will go out of Golos. Why? Well, if if the person doesn't want to go out of Golos, seemingly he's opposing an He's contradicting the bond that he has with the Abishter. So how does it work? Now that we understand, but now we could understand it very 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 clearly. Where the bond of the Yidin with the Abishter. Because they are the Abishter's children, Himitzada Teva is a natural bond. Meaning to say it's an automatic bond. Ayid has power of choice, and choice is more powerful than the natural connection, and therefore he could choose to opt out, so to speak, of the natural connection and say, I don't want it. Because his choice comes from his essence, his core. Which is beyond the, the, the ramifications, beyond the uh, limitations of his nature. And therefore, his pchida is more powerful. So if he makes a pchida to not go out of Golos, then that's more powerful than the natural, natural relationship he has with the Abishter. And, and then he, he, that relationship ceases to, to, to function. And therefore, this bond didn't help to take them out of Mitzrayim because they overrode it. Their b'chire chavshis overrode their innate, natural bond with the Abishter. After the Abishter chose the Yidin at Matanteira, this bond came from the Abishter's choice. It came from the core essence of the Abishter. This caused, this impacted that the Yidin, that their bond to back to the Abishter should also be from their core essence. 
And therefore, it encompasses their entire entity because the atmos, their atmos is infinite, and therefore, it encompasses their entirety. So once the, once the Yid made a Bechira, a choice to choose the Abishter, and because he chose the Abishter, he chose the Abishter with, with his entire being, he can't go back on that. He can't rescind that. Because his very essence, his very existence and his entire existence chose the Abishter. And the fact that externally he doesn't want to go out of Golos, this now becomes opposite of who he actually is. He who he actually is is the one who chose the Abishter. So the fact that now he doesn't want to go out of Golos, that's already an external additive to who he is in his core essence, which is someone who chose the Abishter, chose the Abishter with entire existence, and he can't go back on that. And therefore it's understood that hey yes, that a yid by Matan Tater made such a powerful choice that he is intrinsically and internally and entirely connected with the Abishter. It's understood, says Sof Sof, that in the end, subsequently, this choice that he made will ultimately be revealed. He's going to choose the Abishter as his portion and as his lot. Even in a revealed sense, means even the Yidu right now screaming, I don't want to go out of Golos, I'm happy where I am. Even someone who says this, it's only, it's, only, it's not really him. It's not really who he is. Who is he? He's a Yid who chose the Abishter. And by definition, wants the Gula. And against that that's who he is, ultimately will, that will be revealed. That he's going to choose the Abishter, and he's going to choose the Abishter as his portion and his lot, even in a revealed way. And as the Alter Rebbe says it, as the Rambam says it, uh, and then ultimately, every single Yid, last is Tshuva, is going to do Tshuva. At the end of Golos, and immediately they will be taken out of Golos. Every single Yid, may it be, 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 may it be